This is Princess to Princess. We begin our story with two kingdoms. They are different but alike in that they share a troubled past. These kingdoms are the kingdom of Shastiri and the kingdom of Dwemir. At this point in the story, they are allies and the rulers are good friends. Today is an important day for the two kingdoms as both have been given an heir. Prince Alary of the Shastiri family and Princess Gaewin of the Dwemir family. Their destinies intertwined, an omen of the good yet to come. Let us focus on the kingdom of Shastiri first. The royal family lays their newly born son down to sleep. Both parents are the happiest they have been in a long time. Both parents are exhausted. King Margal has seen the seasons change 48 times. Queen Penelope, two less. Their quest, if you want to call it that, for it has been a journey, for an heir has finally come to an end. The kingdom will rejoice at the news in the days to come. King Margal can be seen lying on the bed as his wife gets ready. Today has been the most joyous day of my life. Second only to the day I married you. Shall we announce the news of, to the kingdom tomorrow, or shall we wait another day? I know how tiring this has been for you. Let us wait a day. We had to wait so long to finally be blessed. We should relax and celebrate ourselves before involving the kingdom. The king pauses a moment. Then we shall wait. Just then, there's a knock at the bedchamber door. I wonder what news could not wait until tomorrow. The king opens the door to a messenger accompanied by one of the royal guard. Speak. The hour is late and one does not need abide courtesies. I, uh, sorry. I have news from the kingdom of Dwemer. Out with it. The messenger pulls out a piece of parchment and unfurls it. King Bartholomew and Queen Esmery would like to cordially inform you of the birth of an heir, Princess Gaewin. Ha! <laughs> what wondrous news! Guard, please inform the royal hostess prepare a bed for a messenger friend here. I'm sorry, I did not get your name. It's, uh, it's Andrew, sir. What a good name! Andrew, please have a seat. I have a response I must compose, and then... You shall have a good night's rest before being off to inform your king and queen of our own good news. The guard has run off to make sure a bed is made ready, while Andrew sits patiently in his chair. The king now sits at his desk, quill in hand. I believe, my dear, 
that we may not have as much time to ourselves as we wished. That's okay. I would rather share in this momentous event with our closest friends, since it appears that there was more than just our blessing. The universe has aligned for both our kingdoms this day. The queen takes the freshly penned message from the king and brings it to Andrew. Let me show you to your chambers, Andrew. You don't have to do that, ma'am. I'm sure I could find my way. You are a guest in my house, and as such, I am your host. It is my duty to show you, anyone, proper respect in such a situation. Now, Andrew, I have not seen you deliver messages before. Are you new? Uh... Yes, ma'am. This is, uh, this is actually my first message run. The other messengers were all busy. You must be blessed to have been given the task of relaying such wonderful news not only once, but twice. No, ma'am. I'm just simply a messenger. Nonsense. No one person is simply anything. We all have our roles to play and no single role is any more or less important than any other. Songs and stories can be written about anyone, for we are all capable of great things, both good and bad. So remember, Andrew, you are not simply a messenger. You are Andrew the messenger. I I will try to do that, ma'am. See that you do. Good night, Andrew. The queen leaves Andrew at his chamber door, surprised at the conversation he's just had. The queen smiles as she makes her way back to her bedchamber. Not many know her story, but she fondly remembers the milkmaid who became a queen. Though, that is another story for another time, as this story is about those who you currently know as Prince Allery and Princess Gale. We pan up above the castle as both king and queen fall into a deserved and peaceful rest. They will awake in the morning, for this is not that kind of story. There are also ways to lose a loved one beyond that which death brings. A shooting star. No wait, two flash across the sky, one above each kingdom, both in opposite directions. A true sign of the omen, if one to her believe in such things. For this story is a happy one, but for there to be joy, there must be sorrow, a contrast. For the times of good to be seen for the wonder they are, there have to have been hardships of the bad. Our story is one that is complete, but for it to be told, there are times we must skip ahead. Now is one such time. The kingdoms rejoiced at the births, and the friends embraced their luck at the events that seemed to foreshadow a joining of the kingdoms. Our next stop is five years from that fateful day. Allery and Gawain are celebrating their joint birthday. Their parents have planned a most joyous day. The prince and princess will have a celebration with the friends they have made, They will also be learning how to ride horses for the first time. And of course, there will be gifts. The king and queen of both kingdoms have strictly stated that they do not want gifts sent. But people send them anyway. The horse rides were everything that could be expected for both parents and kids. 
Always a highlight of birthday parties are the gifts. This year would be a memorable one for all in attendance, and perhaps a sign of something yet to come. For you see, Allery and Gawain had always shared their gifts with each other, but this year would end up problematic. We come upon the scene, Prince Allery having just opened the main gift from his parents. It's a wooden training sword. He looks at it indifferently and casually sets it aside. King Margot looks visibly disappointed. It's a training sword of your very own, son. Do you not like it? Do you not want to be a king who can protect his people? Why do I have to learn sword fighting to be king? Why do I have to be king? What do you mean? You're the prince, and one day you'll be king. Why? What if I don't want to be king or the prince? I don't feel like a prince. King Margul has a baffled expression on his face. Queen Penelope does her best to hold in her laughter, but before she can say anything, Princess Gaewen picks up the sword and stands next to Allery. Don't worry, Allery. I'll be your king. The queen cannot hold her composure anymore and bursts into laughter. <laughs> Others follow suit, including King Bartholomew and Queen Esmery. Everyone seems to be laughing now, except King Margul, who looks to have had his pride hurt and Prince Allery, who looks as if he does not understand what is funny. I don't need a king, Gaewen. I just want, don't want to be prince. Prince Allery sits down frustrated, obviously upset and on the verge of tears. Queen Penelope, realizing that there may be more to this than just childish antics, decides to defuse the situation. Who wants cake? I do. The sword clatters to the ground as Princess Gaewen runs to the table. Not wanting to be left out, Prince Allery scrambles towards the table as well. Me too! Everyone seems to be enjoying the cake and refreshments. The fit, moments ago, appears to fade as quickly as it came about. The parents discuss, but quickly dismiss, it as just a five-year-old being a five-year-old. The prince and princess finish their cake and run off to play while the kings and queens discuss matters of importance to both their kingdoms. Let us focus in on the children as the conversation of the adults is not important to the story. Gaewen, do you want my sword? I don't really want it. Sure, but what do you want back? Do you want the toy horse carriage I got? No, I'm not sure. Hey, can I have that? Allery points to a blue dress amongst many that Gaewen had received. You want one of my dresses? Why? You only got one sword, but I got a lot of dresses. Doesn't seem fair to you. I don't care. That dress looks pretty. And I don't have any. Okay, but are you sure your dad won't be mad? Why would he be mad? Because you gave me your only sword. But I don't want it. Okay. The prince and princess continue to play with their newly obtained gifts. Though, from now on, I will simply be referring to the prince as Allery. Because even though we are but storyteller and listener, it is important we respect that he does not want to be a prince, and continuing to use that title would be rude. There was little more from this incident that day. Neither set of parents were any wiser to the gift exchange that occurred. But in the days to come, it would prove to be an issue once more. Two days after the birthday celebration, 
King Margal and Queen Penelope were to host some lords and ladies for dinner. Everyone was gathered participating in some pre-dinner polite conversation. It was during this time that Allery decided it would be best to don his newly acquired dress. There were many aghast and mutter when Allery marched into the room, head held high as if nothing should be different. Son, what are you wearing? My dress. Where did you get a dress? I traded Gawain for it. She has so many, and I didn't have any. And why would you want to wear a dress? Because it's pretty, and I want it to be pretty. The fact that Allery proceeded to twirl only further frustrated King Margal. The queen, understanding that perhaps this was a private matter for the family to address, diplomatically informed the lords and ladies that dinner was cancelled. My fair lords and ladies, it is apparent that something of importance has come up, to which we must attend. I ask for your forgiveness in this matter, but I am afraid we must cancel dinner for tonight. We will send word as to when it will be rescheduled for. The guards will see you safely on your way. The guests were quickly escorted out, and I wish to say what followed was an example of how best to handle a situation like the one that has unfolded. But once again, this is not that story. It appears that this may have been the beginning of times not so happy for either kingdom. Back in the castle, the king was still flustered. Son, you are the prince, and princes don't wear dresses. But I don't want to be a prince, and I want to wear a dress. You are, and you won't. The queen places her hand on the king's shoulder, calming him a bit. Allery, I know that you don't want to be a prince, nor king, and how you decide to run the kingdom when it is passed on to you is your choice alone. But for now, can you act as a prince, even if you are not one, and do things princes would do, including only wearing your dress in your playroom as dress-up? I, I guess I can do that, Mom. So you see, even the queen, with her own story past, did not fully understand the gravity of the situation. I mentioned that this was the start of bad times for both kingdoms because, you see, King Bartholomew was not happy to find his daughter playing with the training sword. The next time the parents would meet, neither one would have the kindest of words for the other. This did not dissolve their friendship, though, as it was stronger than this, but it did strain it. The thing that held it together the most was the chance at uniting the kingdoms in totality through the marriage of Allery and Princess Gawain. The next important stop requires us once again to skip forward in time. For you see, as storyteller and listener, we get to break down space and time in this fantasy world, and this often includes the fourth wall. As we next focus in on our story, we see two scenes, the same, but in different locale. Allery and Gawain are now 13, and both are escaping from their respective castles after their curfew. Allery has two swords, their sheaths slung across his back. Gawain has a pack at her side. Just what could these two be up to? We follow both as they journey to the same destination. 
a clearing in a section of woods not quite equidistant from both castles. This is not the first time this has happened, but it is a significant moment, because this time, unbeknownst to him, Allery was followed. For you see, the last time they met, Gaoen got the better of Allery and he went home with a cut on his arm. When questioned by his mom the next day, he tried to pass it off as something sustained during his training. While not a lie, it was not the whole truth. Queen Penelope had suspected that something was up, and so she put the kingdom's best spy to the task. What followed was not the first nor the last time Gallery and Gaewen would get in trouble for the gender and monarchy role-breaking they performed. But it was one of a growing number which concerned both their parents. As such, they were both instructed that they were to take a break from each other as their influences on each other were deemed unacceptable. And it would not be long before the public would start to take notice, and this worried both sets of parents. Of course, with Allery and Gawain, their wills as strong as they are, it would not be long before they would see each other against their parents' wishes. However, their secret meeting spot had not just been discovered by their parents, it had also been discovered by a group of bandits. Ones willing to go to the lengths of capturing Allery and Gaelwyn for a ransom. So, on that faithful night agreed upon by discourse through a mutual friend, Allery and Gaelwyn, upon meeting, found themselves surrounded by bandits. Here we come to a battle. One where the two were literally fighting for their lives. A parry here, a dodge there, a bit of luck, and Allery and Gaelwyn soon find themselves escaping on horseback. Not willing to lose more than what they already have, the bandits do not give pursuit. However, this battle was not won without cost for young Allery and Gawain, for it is not more than ten minutes of riding that Allery loses consciousness nearly falling off the horse. Upon inspection, Gawain finds a crossbow buried in his side, one that neither had noticed, but one that now threatened Allery's life. Gawain knew that neither court had someone capable of handling an injury like this, and she knew that Allery did not have much time. It is good, then, for the sake of Allery's life and the plot of our story, that she remembered rumors of an old hermit witch who is said to be a practitioner in the ways of old magic. It took three days' time to find the witch, but they were able to make it in time to save Allery for this tale is not Game of Thrones, and a main character will not die this early in the story. We approach the hut and join in on the conversation about to happen. Welcome, welcome. Do come in, young Gaelwin, and... The witch pauses, as if about to speak another name, a yet unknown name, before continuing. Allery, I know why you are here, and there... And before you say what I know you will, I must warn you of that which you will ask. First, you must know that the old magic heals not only body, but soul. And the soul of this young one. She looks Allery deep in the eyes, piercing the soul. 
is sick. The old magic is tied to our world and works beyond to make right what is broken. Second, and more importantly, your actions thus far have set your kingdoms down a dark path, one that your current decision will only further push down the path. But also know that the brightest future comes from this, the darkest of paths. Now tell me, child, knowing all this, do you still want to ask me the question on your tongue? Yes. Can you save Allery? I can, and I will do as you ask, princess. The old witch set about her work, muttering in a long-forgotten language, working with herbs and the elements. Allery's body seems to crystallize. What have you done, witch? Fear not, dear. The spell needs time to work. Let us step outside. It may take some time for Allery's soul was in a lot of distress, and figuring itself out may take some time. You must not fear the outcome, though, of this process for whatever may happen. The person who emerges will still be the one we called Allery. Now, I speak to you, dear listener, for I, like the witch, knows the pain a soul can endure. When your position in life, who you are born as, puts so many expectations and preconceived ideas of who you are on you, that you cannot be you, it is a tough battle. And you may let society win with what it says, because it may be dangerous physically or to the point of losing your life to be who you truly are. But if you can be, it is healing and worth it just to be you. It is always a process and not as quick as the magic of this story makes it, but at least for myself and Allery, it was worth it. As we focus back on the hut, the door is opening, and who emerges resembles Allery, but it is also not Allery. The features of the face have softened. The straight stick of a person isn't so straight. Gaewin does not speak. They approach the witch. Thank you. This is the greatest I've felt in a long time. The softness of voice causes a pause as they proceed to look themselves over. The joy visible only increases as the witch is pulled into a hug. Thank you. Gaewen is able to find her voice. I suppose Allery isn't appropriate anymore. So what is your name? There's a pause. Alice. Yes. Princess Alice. She rushes forward and gives Gaewen a hug. Thank you for saving me. Gaewen pulls back from the hug, looking Alice in the eyes, searching. And there it is. The person most dear to her in the world is there. She leans forward and kisses Alice. I love you. How could I let you die? Not to interrupt, but I am a hermit. Be gone with you. Oh, and to remember, it is about to get dark. 
But as long as you have each other, the world will be brighter for it. This is Ellen here, and I thank you for listening to the Princess to Princess podcast. First of all, all voices done in this podcast, if you could not tell, were done by me, and it takes a lot of work to try and edit all those voices together and have conversations with yourself. Secondly, I need to thank all the creators at freesound.org that's created so many awesome sound effects many of which I've utilized in making this podcast. And third, I need to thank bensound.com and his awesome composing because I've used a lot of the music he's created for the basis of this podcast and he does an amazing job and I can't thank him enough for all the awesome music he creates and for making it royalty free. Later. <laughs>